Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young, and we are slowly piecing together what seems to be a little bit of Bearcat basketball, an entire team. At first, we were fired up, but just like firing up, it's like firing up a grill. So, Aaron, I'm going to bring you in. Aaron Smith, how are we? I feel like the snow tried to put a little sizzle on that fire. Ooh, ooh, that snowfall was pretty interesting, wasn't it? It was wild. Absolutely. Three inches. The best was, who was the pitcher for the Reds that just each ball he got from the ump, he just threw it off to the side. The night when the when the storm was really, really heavy. You know what I'm talking about? It was Lucas Sims, I think. Yeah, Lucas Sims. That was hilarious. Hilarious. But one thing that we aren't really throwing away is uh, instant gratification when it comes to the need for Bearcat basketball news. <clears throat> When we last left you guys, it was, uh, you know, the beginning phases of Wes Miller. Zero new recruits from the outside. Only new recruits that were coming back. Here's the question now. Aaron. Brent. Now that the roster is slowly starting to to get some legs, the, the the Wes Miller monster is slowly building, what can you take back from the current additions that have been added so far. We're talking John Newman on Tuesday, on Thursday, Hayden Koval on Friday, Jarrett Hensley, all three with connections to Wes Miller from UNCG. Now joining the fold with the Bearcats initial thoughts, reactions, because I know that there is quite a different take on one side or the other. I want to get yours. Well, I mean, we haven't really seen these guys play with the, guys who we currently have on the roster. So the jury's still out on a lot of these guys. Uh, But that said, I'm excited about what John Newman brings to the table. He averaged in his non-injury season uh, two years ago. He averaged roughly about 10 points. He's an athletic player. And, you know, maybe he can be a poor man's Keith Williams. We'll see. Um, That said, he did struggle with injuries last year. So there are kind of two sides to his coin. Uh, When you talk about Hayden Koval, the guy blocks shots. My goodness. When he had 10 games with three or more blocks last season, 65 or so blocks last season, I believe, and over 300 in a career, we, I, we haven't had a guy like that in a very long time. So I'm excited, again, to see what he can bring to the table, even if it's just some defensive minutes when we need a stop, if nothing right. else. Okay. And then Jarrett Hensley, he's a four-star. He was ranked higher than Tari. So let's get these guys in here. Let's see what they can do and mesh with the guys that we currently have in, you know, a Mike Saunders in a Mason Madsen in a Jeremiah Davenport, Mike Adams woods. I mean, I think question marks are still surrounding DDJ, but um, you know, let's, let's see what we got. I'm excited to see that the team's starting to come together and there's some, some reasons to be excited about the pieces that coach Wes Miller's brought in already. I add some context on Hensley. Sure. Love it. Talking to some people uh, familiar with, with the situation at UNC Greensboro, <clears throat> like a lot, like most freshmen last year, um, it took a little time because you didn't get the normal summer. You didn't really get the, the proper lead up to the season. But it sounds like it was a situation where he had progressed in a normal, you know, in a normal situation where he probably would have been a 20, 25 minute a game guy by the time they got to February. But by the time he was ready, that was a veteran team whose rotation was pretty set. 
So you didn't really have the opportunity to get him that type of run that maybe he was ready for last year. Um, but I know he's a guy that, that, that Wes Miller loves, loves his energy, loves his effort, loves his work ethic. Um, I know the two of them are close. Uh, obviously, uh, if, if you're following him from UNC Greensboro to here, um, I, I just think it's a situation where you're getting a kid that might be a little bit more ready than what his numbers indicate. Yeah. I, you know, the one side that some fans that parts of the fan base are taking is warranted. If you want to like really push that, the fact that it seems like it's a lot of UNCG, just, you know, players that were on, on the roster, the past it's warranted. Year. Why? Because it's just, UNCG? Warranted, just yeah. Yeah. Just, just from the outside saying, okay, this is a conference that is, yes, it, it is a strong mid-major conference, but it's it's not the AAC. It's not this power six that the AAC is trying There's to be. There's no such thing as the power six. You know what I mean. It's Yes, it's, I do. It's what the, the AAC wants to be known on the same level as these bigger conferences. So when you have a smaller level conference players coming up and joining you, and it's not necessarily the projections for Hensley, the projections for some of these other players. It's, I think, possibly, like you said, if you just look at just stats, then you can draw conclusions. But once you get – when you dive in further and you figure out, okay, well, actually, behind the scenes, he was performing well in practice. Behind the scenes, he was really having a chance to show what he can do. It kind of – you know, a couple of people have mentioned it. Mikey Saunders gets a chance when, when David DeJulius – First decides that he's he's going to step away from basketball for a little bit. What happens? The Memphis game happens. And that's when everyone saw that Mikey Saunders had a bright, bright future when given a heightened role and more chance to show what he can do. Hensley didn't have that chance ever. There's another player that has recently been mentioned on the boards that I think worked his way to getting that chance. And I, I don't know if we're allowed to bring him up, but. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, so McGinnis, if, if he was a player that was able to go out there and kind of show, wow, I was able to crack a rotation on a veteran NCAA tournament team, A.J. McGinnis, that is. So, yes, these players are coming from a lower conference, but this is a, a program. It's, it's Wes Miller turned UNCG into his program. It wasn't just this team is from the, you know, the Southern Conference, the SoCon. No, this is Wes Miller's program with two assistants that he was were originally on his program now bringing in players who wanted to follow him i the craziest well, thing that i see is john newman i was john gonna say newman, i was go gonna say bear in mind like john newman comes from clemson like that's not yeah. a poo-poo conference you know i mean that's <laughs> yeah, right that's, that's a legit conference well well even john newman hit the fact so he wanted to transfer back when he said he was transferring initially he wanted to go home and greensboro is home for john newman but all of a sudden, Wes Miller leaves and goes to Cincinnati. John Newman follows Wes Miller to Cincinnati. That, that just tells me a lot more about what Wes Miller has on the effect of these, of these players than what the outside looking in. It, it's almost as if you just got to trust Wes in this situation and really just roll with it because, I mean, these three players, sure, Hensley might not give you all-star numbers next year. But if he can slowly progress and get better and could be a really good player his junior and senior year, 
that I, I don't see much, much harm in going ahead and adding a player like Jared Hensley or Koval for the 20 minutes that we've been mentioning, you know, 15 to 20 minutes here and there, because I think both of them do really bring a big value onto the court. I agree. And again, I just go back to that defensive prowess that it seems that Hayden Koval's had. Now, again, granted, it was at the Southern Conference, but you know, the Southern is not the Horizon League. You know, I, I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, and again, I, I don't think I could be more excited about the fact that he did bring Hensley and John Newman. I, I think John Newman has an athleticism that, you know, people who, if you, if you go out and look at the actual YouTube videos on the kid, he's got some crazy dunks in game. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's got bounce. He's got a shot that, you know, some people on the board have said it kind of like a, uh, a Kyle Washington windup when he, when he lets it loose. And, you know, the, the thing about, Hensley is that yes, who knows what he could have looked like at UNCG next year. And if he got more minutes and, and different things of that sort, maybe he did become a player that with this one-time transfer, all of a sudden a lot bigger teams are after them. Another crazy thing to think about with both Hayden Koval and with uh, Jarrett Hensley is, is the fact that when they entered their names into the portal, you know, it, it, it seemed as if that was when, the staff reached out to him and West Miller was able to lock them down pretty quickly. So if Hayden Koval and if Jarrett Hensley were to stay in the portal longer, I, I would be interested to see what, what schools would have been after them. Because I think that we would have been pretty surprised with probably Hayden Koval would have had some, some heavy hitters requesting to get a seven footer with number three block rate in the country and has made over 123s in his career. So I, he's also an excellent free throw shooter. Yeah, I, which is something that we've been lacking at every position for a, a decade. That is one thing that, sure. I so I listen to uh, Muscleman. I, I know a lot of people hate that name, so I'm not going to bring it up anymore past that. But I listened <laughs> to a podcast that he was on, and he said the the two things that translate with transfers are free throw percentage and three point shooting percentage. With Hayden Koval, you've got a a big enough just, just enough numbers to really draw conclusions that, yes, this is a true shooting. His free throw is no joke. His three-point shot, sure, he's not going to blind you with, you know, some crazy 47.5% like some other people out there that might be in the portal. But he is going to knock down a decent amount when he shoots a, a lot. I mean, 33.3% in conference play this past year. I mean, that's that's pretty doggone good out of well, your 15 to 45. Sign me up for that out of your backup big 100 times out of 100. How excited did people get when Mamadou would knock down a three? And this guy does it consistently. You know what I mean? Right. Like not just a, a spot three every three or four games. So, you know, and I think he's going to have the opportunity if, you know, he truly does run this um, drive and kick offense that, you know, we talked about last week, then there should be plenty of opportunity for really anybody to be shooting from beyond the arc. Yeah. And I want to go back to John Newman. You talked about the Keith Williams comparison. So as a sophomore, Newman averaged nine and a half points, as you mentioned, Keith averaged 9.9. Keith shot 24.3% through his first two years as a Bearcat through Newman's first two years with Clemson. He was at 30.8%. He made 11 more threes than Keith did. The length there, the length is there. I think Newman is, 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 a known commodity for the most part. Koval had some big games against big teams when he was at Central Arkansas. You're talking about 21 and eight against Oklahoma State, 
21 points, four rebounds, three blocks versus Georgetown. 15 points and eight rebounds as a freshman against that UCLA team that the Bearcats went and demolished at Pauley Pavilion. But still, 15 and eight as a freshman versus Thomas Welsh, who was on UCLA at the time and has ended up being an NBA player. So, you know, I think that you can really draw some good conclusions out of the players that were added. They, they plug holes that are needed to be plugged. And then all of a sudden you have some young talent to also try and do something with, with the Jarrett Hensley. But as you mentioned, in some of his highlights, you look at him and you say, oh, wow, okay. I, I, I like what I see, some, some mm-hmm. shot-making ability, some length, the ability to drive, some athleticism. So I don't know. I, I don't think you can go wrong with the additions that have been added. But now is the time where maybe some home runs that fit needs for next year are what needs to follow next. Well, and I also want to bring up the fact that none of these guys are coming in right now to be like the guy. You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. I don't think anybody's going to lean on any one of these players and be like, you're the guy that we all have to, you know, rally around. You're the new leader. Like they're all coming in to be role players, to be support players. So there's not going to be, you know, the pressure of maybe like, you know, John Newman, who was, who was the star at UNCG last year? Isaiah, Isaiah Miller. Miller. Isaiah Miller. So, I mean, you had that. But and they're he was coming the, into the ultimate star, to put it that yeah. way. But, you know, they, they so none of them are coming in and having to take over that role. So, you know, they're all coming in as just that, that support role. I so, think it's going to be good for them. They, here, here's what's also, I think people aren't considering this. Here's what's also important in the balance that's being struck right now. You're dealing with a roster of players that, that you've recruited to stay, that, that you've gotten back in the fold or kept in the fold. Right. Here at UC. But the relationship with those guys is still very new. Yeah. So if instantly they feel like the new coach is coming in and recruiting over them, like that's, that's a tough spot that you're putting yourself in. So that is a delicate balance that really until you get, and remember semester's over summer school doesn't start until June. These guys are back home right now. Yeah. So you're walking a tightrope. You're walking a fine line on keeping everything moving forward. Right. You know, so adding some young guys, adding some, here's what I think people, you know, they don't take into consideration. This roster needs stabilization more than it needed stars. Does it need stars? Yes. But it needed stabilization more than anything. Yeah. And now you're looking at a roster that's stabilized. That is on solid footing. Is is it a roster that's ready to win the American conference yet? No, but it's in a much better place than it was 12 days ago. So, you know, I think some of that has to be considered as well. And, And look, it drives me nuts. I get we're in an instant gratification society right now. Everything is make me happy right now. And if you don't make me happy right now, I'm pissed off, but there are layers to how this like develops and plays out. And there there's most certainly an aspect of working towards getting everybody on the same page. Has he done a good job building a relationship with the guys that were here, the guys that were in the portal that he was able to get back in the fold? Yes. But it is like what? 10 days since he got to campus, 11 days since he got to campus, those are not lifelong bonds. 
these guys met 11 days ago. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine the girl that you met, the last girl that you met, for those of you that aren't married, that you had known for 11 days. It still can go any way at that point. She's pretty great after 11 days. So. Right. <laughs> but day day 14 could throw a curveball at you. Exactly. Yeah. Which Day which, 14 could be a problem. Which then begs the, the elephant in the room. Yes. Even though. There's an I'm, elephant in the room? Yeah. It's sitting on my foot. Kind of hurts right now. But anyway. I, so the players that did return. I, Is it a baby elephant? Yeah. No. Where's, where's the rest of it if it's sitting on your foot? Oh my god, you silly goose! All right, but no. So, so here's the thing: the players that have committed to come back still have that option of transferring one time. It's yeah. still available. So that's what you were alluding to. I don't even want to speak it into existence. I'm knocking on wood because, like you said, I think that every single decision up to this point has been made the right way. And made strategically too. Yeah, strategically. There's a there's a reason that it's being done in the fashion that it's being done. So relax. <laughs> if if things don't look better by the time we hit July first, panic. I'm okay yeah. with that. So when is the final? Because I know next season is there a cutoff date? Is it July first for when you so, can enter the portal? You can enter the portal whenever. Right, but the, what the July first deadline is is getting the waiver, the one-time free okay. transfer waiver. Okay. Going forward, it's gonna, I believe, be May first. May 1st. so you're gonna have like five, six weeks at the end of the season to make your decision, and then if you don't make your decision by May first, then you don't get the immediate transfer waiver. Yeah. So this is gonna be a different game next year. Yeah. But for now, I you know. Some people I talked to and, and I, you know, I was on the road this weekend uh, talking to some folks on the road, like they think there's going to be a second wave for the portal because Why wouldn't there be what happens now is everybody went out and made all their moves, made all their additions, changed their roster. And guess what? There's going to be some guys on those rosters that look and go, huh? This isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be six weeks ago. You know, my, now my spot is, is up for grabs. Now my spot is in question. So there, there is a chance. I mean, Musa Cisse just, just hit the portal right? Yeah. for Memphis. Like there, there are still going to be guys matriculating into the portal. And that's not UC. Look, UC doesn't play in the right uh, price. They, they don't, they're a small market team in the Musa Cisse uh, sweepstakes. They don't, they don't throw hard, strong recruiting at, at the players. Their offers are not quite as strong ass as some others. <laughs> but my point being, there's still going to be plenty of quality in the portal. And, and look, I, I've made this point a couple times when I was talking about why it was it, urgency was a necessity. And that was because you were loot the, the names that didn't have a lot of baggage, the names that were kind of easy, those are mostly gone right now. So, you know, you're looking at you know, a, a guy like CJ Frederick has only been in the portal, what, uh, almost two weeks? Right. So that, that's, that's the type of guy that you want. The guys that have been in the portal that have a lot of talent, they've been in the portal for like six weeks now, that's not an accident. Right. Right. That, that's not just happenstance. They entered the portal five weeks ago and haven't found a home. 
because there's issues there. So that's where you have to be careful. And that's where you have to do your due diligence. That's where you have to do your homework. Make sure that you're getting the right kind of guys. Make sure you're getting guys that fit your culture and, and fit, you know, and aren't going to come in and, and upset the apple cart. So that's the fine line that the staff has to walk. You know, they're, they're new to the area. They're new to the region. They're figuring out the ins and outs of Cincinnati, which from what I know, they, they've been diligent in that on that front um so you gotta let them get a, get a chance to get their footing to really dive in and figure out you know where things are at i mean let's let's look at cj frederick for a minute it's roughly down to five schools from what i understand but let me just listen to the five schools that this that this is down to i'm ready it's wild Ken, kentucky yep gonzaga wait wait calipari Mark Pugh, continue. North Carolina. Hubert Davis, we'll, we'll give him one. Cincinnati. Wes Miller. <laughs> and potentially UCLA. Sounds like a whole bunch of blue bloods to me. Right. whole bunch of blue bloods and Wes Miller, uh, which is trying to bring Cincinnati back to that. Yeah. Chad, no, I, I hear completely what you're saying. And – the fact that the news finally with Frederick did start to evolve a little bit more past and include Cincinnati, include Cincinnati when everybody and, from the beginning was like Cincinnati. They, no, right. Cincinnati's got a shot at this. That's because everyone follows John Rothstein. Everyone's, you know, everyone should follow. Bear not, jo- not John Rothstein. BearcatJournal.com. But who has Chad, two thumbs and, and owns a website? That guy. Chet, I, I do have a question for you. First off, I do want to mention Davion Warren. Also, he, he's a Hampton transfer. He put his name – he was he committed to Memphis verbally, and he put his name back in the portal today as well. So, I mean, you're seeing – He's not in the – he's not in the portal. He's a freshman. Or he's a, he's a high school kid, right? That says Hampton transfer Davion Warren, who recently oh, verbally committed. What's okay. up? He's a, Ham, he's a Hampton transfer. Okay. Okay, yeah. So – I mean, that's just something to look back at again. Like you said, two big names from Memphis in the portal again. It just seems like every single day you do constantly see new names come in. So it's wide open. My question to you is this, Chad. What are the true freshmen allowed to do? If they have signed their national letter, letter of intent, are they allowed to bounce and go to a different school? Or are if, they, if the school lets you out of your letter of intent. Okay, so are, so they're pretty much locked in on that first. Yeah, there's very few schools that that don't let you out of your letter of intent. It is right. it is a death wish. Yeah, because I just I I could see like you said, just numerous people going places. I I don't know. It just seems like this is way far from being anywhere close to being done as far as new names yeah. cropping up and and names that could be potential fits. And of course, who knows how many scholarships are exactly left right now? Well, and I wanted to I wanted to bring up the fact that I was caught off guard this week by the understanding that Rob Banks has a scholarship now. For now, yeah. If they if they need it, it's a scholarship. Like, yes, it's kind of on scholarship. Kind of, but that's yeah. That's that's how walk on. That's how awarding a walk on a scholarship kind of works. Scholarships are they they renew every semester. Every year, but yeah, but every yeah, 
So now that's not to say that they won't honor, but I'm saying if it gets down to, to they really have a player they want, like Rob Banks knows the deal. Rob Banks came here as a walk on. Right. Well, is he on international scholarship or anything? I don't know. Well, I didn't. <laughs> thought it was a legit question. Come on, question. Chad. You got to know all these answers. I thought Come it was on. a legit question. It's like, it's like my wife when she asked me about somebody like that I had talked to. And she's like, well, how's their girlfriend? I'm like, you think that's what we talked about? <laughs> what kind of scholarship Rob Banks has? No, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's joining uh, Big Juan in the music school, getting yeah. a music scholarship. How about that? Could be very well. Could be. Could be. be. I've never heard him sing. Let's let's bring back CJ Frederick because you mentioned the fact that Wes Miller able to get a conversation. You heard it was supposed to last an hour. Went over an hour. Mm -hmm. About an hour and a half. Legit interest for a first year head coach. Yes, there is that local connection. Yes, there are numerous other connections, but this was somewhat considered a done deal. I I mean that just has to really show everyone the kind of recruiting chops that Wes Miller does have. The fact that, hey, listen, if if I see this opportunity, I see an avenue to get that done, I'm going to do everything I can to get it done, even if that means going up against Mark Few and John Calipari to try and bring CJ to Cincinnati. I, I, I think that can't be understated at all, not That's even fine. two weeks there, into this. There's, there's one reason Cincinnati is still in this fight. And that's Wes Miller. Wes Miller. That's, that's why the we're impression. All fired up. That's the impression that Wes Miller has made on CJ Frederick, CJ Frederick's dad, his family, the people like it is Wes Miller 1000%. Without that, Cincinnati would have been very similar to Xavier. Reached out, nothing there. I, you know what? I think you see that with John Newman. I think you see that with Hayden Koval. I think you see that with Jarrett Hensley. You know, Jarrett Hensley probably finished up this year thinking in his head next year, I could potentially be a starter and potentially probably get 25 minutes a game. Uh-huh. Now he understands the circumstance and I'm sure that Wes has laid it out there for him. I, I mean, that just really shows a player's you know, affinity and a player's trust in, in coach Miller and Aaron. I, I, I don't know how else you could say that what Wes has done up to this point. Un, it's not debatable. It's, well, it's been almost perfect, aside from the Tari thing, which obviously has a lot of different ripples and layers to it. Sure. And, I, I mean, I said it last week. Give me a reason not to like the guy. I, I can't find one. Not a single reason. Yeah, I don't know. it would be interesting to see. And so, Chad, another thing I'm going to throw on you here. Everyone knows the name A.J. McGinnis. Everyone knows the name C.J. Frederick. Is it a one comes after the other? Is it kind of a both can still fit in the current landscape? Or is that kind of too far out to? They would take both. Now, now look, I don't want to get too far down the track with the C.J. Frederick. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Because it is still a ways away. Kentucky, Gonzaga. Right. North Carolina. Carolina, UCLA. I think he had a Zoom today with Virginia. Like the sharks in the water are not baby sharks. They are they are the big ones. They are daddy sharks. Oh baby. Daddy shark. Doo -doo. Mm -hmm. So 
this is far, far, far no. from a foregone conclusion. The fact that Wes Miller has has gotten to this point is a miracle. Yeah. Well, so CJ Frederick's not, a whale. Yeah. Big. Time. I mean, he's he's a whale hunting. The casual college basketball fan might have seen Rothstein or Goodman or who else posted it. Brazello post that post. Hey, here is CJ Frederick's six schools that have been mentioning him and they see the name Cincinnati. The casual basketball fan might have to then look up, wait, who is that Cincinnati right now trying to get this big time, you know, transfer from Iowa. It's it's just as crazy to think about in this quick of a way with all, yes, there were previous connections, but in this quick of a way, Wes Miller has the team up there with them. So and the, and the initial tweets that even went out, though, like we were almost an afterthought to here are the schools. Not almost. That, I mean, Not he, almost. They were, sure. It was like, it was like, here are the schools that are interested and have mutual interest. Yep. Cincinnati's <laughs> also being mentioned. Like we were a complete separate thought. Right. I mean, that's how much work Wes Miller has done getting involved with CJ Frederick. Hats off to him, though. And in the meantime, he had enough wherewithal to hit up a skyline chili and i tell you what <laughs> when he said cincinnati i am all in uh, with with that skyline chili post that that has almost as, almost as many retweets and likes as his i am the head coach at cincinnati tweet does. <laughs> i mean that's just it's it's insanity but the, that's what the city loves someone that that goes all in and skyline chili is all in i i completely agree but all in as well as the coaching staff, it's starting to be molded together. We kind of touched on this last week a little bit, but Thursday, Chris Lepore was named to the support staff. Today, the Andre Morgan news is made official. Also, a little bit of talk about Mike Roberts today, which I would imagine then tomorrow might lead to an official announcement if it's already starting to break to the level that it has today. Well, Mike Roberts moved to Cincinnati over the weekend. Right. So. I mean, <laughs> I just didn't know what what was politically breaking news. <laughs> well, but th- that like Andre Morgan had been here since last week, like the middle right. of last week. Uh, Chris Lepore had been here since last week. Like it, generally a week to 10 days or so is about how long it takes to go through the HR system at UC. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's when they make it official. Look. He's here working. He's here. Mike Roberts. So it would take something serious falling apart in the HR process for Mike Roberts, not to be on West Miller staff. So that's why you see Goodman and those guys announcing it is because he actually moved from Bloomington to Cincinnati this weekend. Located here right now. That's uh, a good sign. Unless he's, unless he's taking a job at Xavier, that's a good sign that he's here working with his longtime friend, West Miller. Don't even put that fear into anyone. <laughs> there's zero percent chance he is at that concrete building right outside of Cincinnati. But anyway, that leaves two spots. Well, four or five spots, but two main spots kind of get you need know, to fill out that third assistant, you know, bench assistant role, and of course some some other support roles and strength conditioning coach. It seems as if those other dominoes are starting to fall. Hopefully in the next couple days, as Chad, you alluded to on the board. But it seems as though it is Wes Miller doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And the interview with you and the other sit-downs and his opening press conference, 
He said he wanted to have a couple of coaches that he's familiar with and then have a couple of others on the outside that can really bring something to the team. So, I mean, I think right now he's crafting a staff. Sure, there's there's some you can dive into anything and find something negative about anyone if you want to. But having Andre Morgan and Mike Roberts, Crystal Poor as head of your support staff, who I think is a, a budding gem. I think he's a fantastic coach in the waiting. So I, you got to look back and say, yet again, I think right now so far with those three slots, can't really have too much of a knock on those at all. I, every time the guy swings, it's a home run right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I think it's, I think that the hires have been fantastic. I mean, Mike Roberts brings some definite recruiting chops to the table. Uh, Andre Morgan, anywhere you read about him, they talk about how high his character is. And that's been something that both Wes Miller and Cunningham even alluded to you know, as far as his search went. Um, they needed to be men of high morals and, and standards. So, you know, I think we're starting to see, the, the pieces put in play for what should be a very, very solid staff. And I think that inevitably the team will follow suit. Andre is a rising star in this business, an outstanding coach, connector, and recruiter, a high character addition to our staff and deeply values the development of our players. That's, that is just awesome. That's yeah. Go Bearcats. Yeah. That's, right? that's, that's Andre Morgan. Sorry. That's Wes Miller. Speaking of Andre Morgan. So, and of course, the connection is there. They were all on staff together at UNCG. The the fundam the fundamental, you know, culture. I hate to say culture, but doing it the right way was actually the big catchphrase this this year around with the coaching search. But still, it's you've got to look back and say, okay, he's brought in these two coaches that have a distinct connection to him at UC, UNCG. Now let's see what he does with this final slot. And from what Chad has been able to allude to a little bit, it, it seems as if the, the pick is it's going to be a big-time recruiting person, and that's exactly what you need to do at this situation. But you see, Wes Miller has been able to recruit himself, and the future is nothing but bright, Aaron Smith, which brings me up to this point. You look at the current staff. You look at the current roster. What do you think are kind of the glaring biggest needs for, for Miller to fill next, whether it be, you know, he needs that kind of star player or he needs a, a big-time post player, big rebound or something along those lines. What do you take a step back and really look at and see, hey, maybe they need to focus on this? Well, I think we still need a player that we feel comfortable putting the team on his back during crunch time. I mean, we've seen, you know, Davenport kind of fill that role a little bit here and there. Um, we've seen little glimpse of glimpses of it out of like a, uh, a Madsen in a late game shot, not being afraid to shoot the ball or uh, even, you know, Mike Adams woods has, has had some great games of late or at, like in the late minutes of games. Um, but right now, I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily anybody on the team that you're like, he needs the ball, like, like a Jaron, like, you know, even, you know, Keith in some games where you want the ball in his hands. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, obviously, at this point, to me anyway, it seems that that's something that you need on this team. Yeah, I, you know, it, it is crazy because you look at Isaiah Miller last year and his usage rate was just incredible. He, number four in the, the fourth overall in the country in percentage of possession, six in the country in percentage of shots. I mean, this is a guy that had the ball in his hands, was on the court a lot. And I don't know if that's necessarily the playing style that Wes Miller has, or 
if he just had a player of Isaiah Miller's caliber, it was able to kind of just use him effectively and, and kind of really fit the mold. But yeah, it, I don't know if you can glance at the team. I, I mean, Isaiah Miller, second in the country as a junior in percentage of possessions, third in the country percentage of shots. This is a high, high volume, almost the highest volume in the entire country. And so, yeah, I don't know if that's kind of Wes Miller's MO. If he's, he needs to find that player, maybe he's that player on the roster and is just ready to make that big step. We've but, seen some games like that out of out of DDJ, you know? I mean, not that we know even if he's going to be back or not, but, I mean, I think you've seen some some things. Even when he was at Michigan, I think you've seen some of those things. Yeah. Highest usage rate in the country type things? No. No, no. I mean, but just that he could – potentially be the guy to step up mate i mean i don't know that he like that's that's a tall order don't get me wrong yeah i understand that i'm just trying to see if there's maybe like a, a glimmer not that just, that guy is not on the roster right now could could it potentially be mikey down the stretch if you know as he continues to progress in his career you know i i say possibly i francis alonzo was he'd awesome. have to become much more of a scorer right right which I, I I mean you saw it in the Memphis game. He can he can attack the rack against the top athletes in college basketball, the top, you know, one of the top defenses in all college basketball. So I, I think he can get to the rack. I, I think it's the the mid-range shooting ability. And I, who knows? Potentially he could, he could get there. But if you look back even further, I, I said his name a little bit. Francis Alonzo is another player who was top 70 in percentage of possessions and percentage of shots under coach Wes Miller. So yeah, they're probably definitely looking for that one, maybe, maybe be a senior, possibly one last go around to, to come in and be that alpha on the team. But I'm sure that's going to be something that they really need to find that can handle the rock. Like you mentioned, Aaron kind of go last second in the shot clock, be the one that creates a shot. I would say that's probably going to be the, the one big hole to fill. And then of course, just a big, big that can rebound, and right. it does the dirty work for you. Because if you saw last year for Wes Miller, it was Koval, and then it was the other big, Angelo Allegri, who kind of, they, they flipped off and on. And, and Mohamed Abdul-Islam, they, they flipped off and on. It was it was Mohamed Abdul-Islam that was a big rebounder. When Koval came off, the rebounder would be on the court, and he would be able to, to really get the dirty work done on the board. So I could imagine that's probably big hole number two that they want to fill. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Gritty on this team in a while, and I think we'd like to get some some guys who aren't afraid to back down. One year. Well, I, that's Trey Scott wasn't Gritty. It was a long year. COVID took years off of people's lives. It was a long year. I would I would chat on this one. I I think last one year, year we we saw Tari try and become that guy. That that's that's like when you're watching the NFL and they're like, this team hasn't made the playoffs since 2019. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's since 2019. Kiss what my is, ass. What As you, you can see, we have not signed the uh, agreement. We, yeah, we're <laughs> we're staying here. We're we're not we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Someone tagged the uh, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, little little video onto that. We're not going anywhere. But yeah, I I Chad, it's pretty obvious this team might need to go out and find that one alpha dog. You need a dude. Right. Which there are plenty, plenty in the transfer portal. Just have to find one that's the right fit. That's right. the that's the trick. 
I trust in Wes. Same here. There's he's not given it's not given much reason not to trust him. Not right. yet. Not yet. Cross your fingers. But N- number three assistant, I think coming soon. Strength and conditioning coach, I think coming soon. Okay. Hopefully in the next 24, 48 hours, I'll have I'll have names on the board. Professor Tease. I like it. Stay locked in to Bearcat Journal for that update. But when, when it happens. When it happens. Chad, you were you were down in Louisville. Let's let's get a couple let's get a couple updates. Just kind of first off, how's the concrete? Second off. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it looked like it was a I was at a Radisson Inn, like decent okay. hotel. The room yeah. was nice. It's like you know, it wasn't it wasn't like three hundred dollars a night. I think it was like 115 bucks a night hotel, which you you know, you expect a decent hotel. Right. And it was a decent hotel. They had a pool, they had a like a, a whole restaurant and Did like a bar. No, I there's no t- I I got to the hotel at 11 30 at night right and i left and i left at 8 a.m like if you're lucky if i'm doing a one night like if i'm going like for louisville i went friday and then all day saturday and then came home because i had some family stuff on sunday mm-hmm. um i actually thought it was the next week I, I screwed that up initially i thought it was the following week that the event was uh but i found out on like wednesday that it was this weekend so i readjusted and, and so but Room looked fine. Good, good setup, good desk, good office chair, nice <laughs> TV, had a fridge, okay. like solid hotel. And even when I first initially laid in bed, it didn't seem too bad. But like every hour I would wake up and the bed was so hard, like whatever side I was laying on, my hip was in like throbbing pain. Right. It was awful. I didn't sleep at all that night. I don't know how I didn't fall asleep on the way home and crash and die. Wow. I'm a stomach sleeper. Jeez. I'm a side sleeper. Yeah. You you got a body like this sleeping on your stomach ain't exactly easy, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Comes comes tough to tough to breathe after a minute, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Side side. It is what it is. Side, you know, I've got a side sleeping pillow. Like I'm built to be a side sleeper. I couldn't sleep the entire night. That bed was awful. Top, top five worst beds I've ever slept on. And you didn't terrible. Luckily, only one night on the concrete. So you were. Yeah. I was back home in my nice, luxurious bed at home uh, on Saturday night. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. a couple of names that you kind of pointed out, uh, kind of saw like Sean Jones was the name to track. Um, that kid, that's the first time I've seen him live since he was like a freshman. Right. Holy crap. Is he good? I mean, he's undersized, but he does it all. He can shoot. He gets to the rim. He really knows how to run a team. He can pass the ball. He's smart. He plays with great change of pace. He's got great quickness got great speed like that kid is really really good and from columbus ohio uh yeah. so he does have a crystal ball to xavier i i imagine that is that guy didn't even work for 24 7 anymore <laughs> he's a shit what he thinks <laughs> he took himself to college station yes he did but uh wait no happy valley happy valley there happy valley but, happy valley but uh 
and I'm sure it snows a lot there. Who knows? But anyway, is that terrible? Seemingly, yeah, trying. I tried. So, Sean Jones obviously named a track. And then, of course, I saw you mentioned Cade Pierce and Braden Huff. Those are those are two players that has a connection to none other than Alec Pierce, senior on the football team, wide receiver, Cade Pierce's brother. Uh, of course, their their oldest brother was a big time player and in, in college basketball. So Justin played three years at William and Mary, did his grand grad transfer year North Carolina at right. North Carolina, where where he played on a team with Walker Miller. Who is do you know the, who Walker Miller is? Aaron, the, do you know who Walker Miller is? Okay. No. You're like you weren't North Carolina, last name Miller. He was a walk-on at North Carolina. Oh, Wes? It's his little brother. Well, baby bro. So, I, from my understanding, Wes has actually met the Pierce family uh, and knows them from their mutual time, at, you know, at, at North Carolina. So, there is a connection there. Um, I think right now I would probably have Cade as, like, uh, a really good like wing talent in the Missouri Valley. Like he's one of those guys you see at, at Loyola Chicago. Right. Right. Good um, size has, has Alex size long, real, like longer, like really long. Yeah. Like six, five, super long arms. He's athletic. He really can defend. Um, what I wanted to see from Cade this weekend was, was his jump shot in six games this weekend. I think he shot 50% from three. Um, he was taking good shots. He's smart, plays hard. Like, you know, he would be a, a mid plus, uh, in the, in the basketball lexicon, which is you're, a, you project long-term as a starter at the highest, like mid-major level. So like the Valley, the SoCon leagues like that, conference USA, like he would project as, you know, a, a multi-year starter for me at those levels. Um, here would be, you know, he'd have to, he'd have to earn it and, and be a guy you probably saw come on as a sophomore and then be a, you know, a factor as a junior and a senior. Uh, Braden Huff's really Stud, good. Yeah. Yep. Really, really good. 6'10", can, can really, really shoot it, block shots, runs the floor. He needs to get stronger. Um, you know, whoever gets him is going to have to get him in the weight room. I think he grew like, like six inches in a year. So you're really going to have to develop kind of his lower body and his core strength. Uh, but from a skill standpoint and, and, and from an athletic standpoint, like Braden Huff's a dude and, mm -hmm. and Braden Huff is a guy that, that looks up to Alec Pierce as like a big brother to him. So there are some connections there. Um, you know, he's already got high major interest. If he plays, continues to play the way he played over this past weekend, there's going to be a lot more high major interest coming his way. But if they can, if they can start to make a move on that and, and start to build that relationship, like from, from what I understand, the, the, the Huff family had already planned a trip to Cincinnati in November to watch the football team. There we go. They were coming down with the Pierce. Like the, those two families are really close. 
I hear Coach uh, likes the football team. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I, I hear he. I hear he made a really dumb decision when he went to football practice, challenging <laughs> Sauce Gardner. Like, what are you? I, I mean, I appreciate the confidence, but sometimes confidence can be irrational. And, and Les, that was irrational. <laughs> I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into. On, because here's the thing. Sauce is going to be asking to get him on the field like every day. Right. From right. here on out. It's like, let's he, do this. He called him out. Yeah. He let's do this. Out. Like, you, 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 want, you want to talk some shit? Let's go. Coach is going to pull a hammy. Yeah. He, he don't, that is smoke he does not want. He is Tulsa in this situation. <laughs> exactly. And um, I love what Chris Lepore said to that, too. I, I didn't see that, what he, he said. Says, he said, don't hurt yourself, coach, with a bunch yeah. of laughing emojis. So. Yeah, don't don't hurt yourself. Um, so I, I, Huff is a guy I think I think they can have a, a, a solid chance with if they if they put themselves, you know, strongly in the mix. And and those two uh, those two players are always fun to watch in in, in their workout videos because you'll just randomly see Cade Pierce wearing a, a Cincinnati gear, obviously from Alex. So it's always fun to just see that. And uh, of course, the more the C Paul's around, the more you think about it. You know how these things work. R.J. Godfrey seems like the staff is starting to really dip into Georgia. Um, you mentioned him a couple of times. Looks like he showed you a little bit of Trey Scott, a little bit of a. Uh, a future answer to one of our mailbag questions here in a bit. So uh, Godfrey, obviously a name to track, but uh, his dad was a pretty good football player. Okay. You don't know who his dad is. I feel like I should know this one. I can't remember his first name. He was a defensive end, right? Linebacker linebacker for the Titans. Um, he played with a bunch of teams towards the end of his career. He is. He became a, a star at Dallas with the Cowboys. I think as high in a season for tackles is like 162. Not bad. First name? Randall. Randall Godfrey. Hence the RJ. Randall Jr. Randall Jr. Godfrey. I mean, so, this kid probably looks Godfrey. like this kid looks like a Bearcat. Like he's already 6'7, 210 pounds, has like development in his upper body, has like you know, most of the kids at that age are, are pretty thin. Like this kid's got muscles already. This kid, this kid. Now the problem is his dad went to Georgia. If he's good enough, you know, they smoked us. So that's where you hope a guy like, like Andre Morgan can, can use his Georgia connections. Right. To, uh, to get in on this kid. Yeah. I mean, not ready to bet any money on it but oh if i had a dollar for every time no, i'm just kidding um <laughs> it's it, you know it, we're gonna be looking more into georgia that yeah. that's that's where andre morgan's from that's where he's based out of that's going to kind of be his home base he knows a lot of the guys uh that run the recruiting scene down there i i talked to a couple of those guys this weekend one of them who was helping run the tournament louisville effusive in their praise for Andre Morgan. So I, I think that's going to be a nice addition. That was a kid just knowing, you know, what area he was going to look at. I went and watched that Atlanta express team and, uh, and RJ Godfrey was, was the guy that stood out for me on that team in terms of like, who, which one of these guys looks like 
they could play at Cincinnati, that they could they could be a Bearcat. He was he was the one. So, like I said, that one's that one's probably he's that one's probably going to be crowded because he's really freaking good. Yep, hundred uh, fourth in the country right now. Um, aside from that, I, you're going to be traveling up to Fort Wayne this weekend. Oh, this is going to be a good one. The the up you're going to want to you're going to want to stay tuned to the updates this weekend. Okay, there we go. Because there's there's some names. Some names. There's some names this weekend. Names these like are, Paul, these are educated names. Names like Paul McMillan. Okay. Names like Evan Mahaffey. Okay. Names I, like Rayvon Griffith. Like there's gonna be some dudes. Dudes. Um, the, a, a name that I really liked in 2023 that I think is is gonna be worth tracking going forward is a kid named Dalen Swain, who's out of the Columbus area, like six five, six six. Um, really active, really long. Uh, you know, a, as we start to look going forward, I, I think. I'm still trying to track this down. I believe Swain is um, relatives of the Tate family. Okay. Jermaine Tate. Right. Jalen Tate. Like, uh, I believe. Jay Sean yeah. Tate. From what I heard, I think Jermaine is his uncle. So then Jalen and, and those guys, Jalen and Jay Sean would be cousins. Um, I, I think that is a favorable situation for UC if this kid continues to develop. Um, I, I know from, from asking around, I know he's kind of a name that all the people in Columbus are more than familiar with. Uh, and I think he's going to be a name here as we go through the spring and summer with AAU ball actually happening that, uh, we will see, we'll see that name kind of pick up some steam because I saw him against a guy, another Atlanta guy, uh, that that's that's big time named Steph Castle. Steph okay. Castle is, uh, I believe top 35, top 40 in the country. And Dalen Swain took him out of anything he wanted to do that day. <laughs> so, I mean, pretty impressive, pretty impressive. Wow. So now the mailbag's a little light this week. So I did want to just tap into you a little bit here, Chad, you had the opportunity to flex your, journalist chops with the whole you know coaching search and all of that and got to do a little digging and now you're getting to go on the road and you know go and report on what you're seeing at these AAU camps so what's it like getting back into it again man like all the way in not oh, even, I love it not even taking a break really I mean I love it like this is this is the fun of the job is is getting your hands in the mix like getting out there and getting eyes on kids and, and talking to, you know, the, the reason, the, the reason that I was able to, to do what I was did in the coaching search and, and able to track it as closely as I did is because of 10 plus years on the road and having all of these contacts that like people don't really think about it in, in this light. They just think, Oh, you went and watched some basketball games, but you're in the gym from like 8 AM. Well, I don't do 8 a.m. games. <laughs> I will be there for the 9.15 tip-off, okay? But I'm not going to be there at 8 a.m. You know why? <laughs> the kids don't want to be there at 8 a.m. I'm not no. going to watch them play at 8 a.m. They have no, no desire. They got up at like 6, like 5.30, 6 o'clock <laughs> as a 17-year-old to go play a basketball game. They're, pissed. They're just as pissed off as I used to be at 8 a.m. games. And you're a yeah. breakfast guy, right? 
I mean, I like, I enjoy breakfast. I thoroughly enjoy breakfast. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually on the road, that's like a bacon, egg and cheese biscuit from McDonald's. Like that's, oh. I thought maybe that's, you went or, down to the hotel and, or and, and that, those, the... those don't exist anymore, Aaron. Although oh, a peanut I'm going to be in Indiana this weekend and nobody in Indiana cares. So <laughs> no, we don't. The peanut butter, the peanut butter, long John donuts, Brent, that's, a, that's a different story. We did that for lunch though, brother. We did. We did. That was not breakfast. We, no. we did. We did those donuts, sandwiches, and those awesome chips for chips. lunch. Whew. I could have taken a nap by the time we got done with that. I did take a nap. That was a lot. That I was enjoyed a lot. It. I enjoyed it. Was all great. Right. It was great, but it was a lot. Like, that was. was a lot of food to be in your stomach. And what was it, like, three in the afternoon? Something like that. Yes. That was no, a- I, I, I love it, man. That's I, an interesting just- time to think back on, though, Chad. It is. That was the first first AE tournament I was with you, and uh, that was the, the first. Time, that was Taryn Todd. That was the first. That was like John Brannon's like yeah. first month on the job. And that was I. I believe it was either that day or very first of the next week. The assistants were were announced. Was it? Which is crazy. Wasn't yeah. wasn't that when Davenport committed? I remember Davenport committing. I think at that event possibly possibly because i know i know dwyer and and morris and and g weren't weren't yet in, like officially announced, announced but they were working yeah um exactly. no i believe i was i was in in the hotel parking lot at that that facility uh in indiana uh working on getting the design for the bearcat signal the bcj signal okay there we go and and posting it like that day um so i think it was that like that that weekend which would have been a year ago like this past weekend because then the next weekend was space uh which i go to every year up in fort wayne so i love it It, it's a grind it's it it beats you up like you have to be it takes a couple events to get into aau shape because (laughs) sitting on bleachers standing around for like 15 hours watching basketball as awesome as it sounds by about hour 10 your body is like this <laughs> no like come on, can we go do something else anything else anything else it doesn't matter what can we just go do something bed. else and then you yeah then you get the concrete bed before you got to go stand in the gym all day the next day <laughs> that the, i was talking to some of the guys from pigs uh the indiana site and i'm like stretching my body trying to get my feeling back and like my shoulders and my hip i'm sure they're looking at me like what is wrong with this guy like what is cha- what is his deal but pegram mike pegram that owns it like he even said he's like we're a couple weeks away from being being back in aau shape like <laughs> it's it's one thing that like every year it's like that for the first two or three events we all right. took a year off for the most part yeah so it's been a long time since I've really been in the gym grinding it out, but I, I do love it, man. It, it's, it's a pain in the ass, but it is so literally, literally it, but it is so like, so rewarding long-term because you just have so many different avenues, so many different people that you can connect with. Um, I was texting with, you know, a guy I've known for, for seven, eight years now. And, and his team right now is the number one AAU team in the country. Oh, baby. And it's just like, 
you know, having those relationships, having that ability to, uh, to network coast to coast is, is very cool. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about it a little bit more since you have been out there on the grind and outside, oh, of yeah. just, outside of just talking about the guys that you're honed in on. I, I just wanted to hear just a little bit more about what it's like. So I think we should have more of this uh, diaries with Chad as you go on the road. Well, the, the funniest thing I remember from and most of that, those stories I can't tell, bro. <laughs> right. We'll have to do a special extra, extra after dark edition. Yeah. But no, uh, the funniest thing about that, that one trip that I was with there with you, Chad, was when uh, Bronny James was playing Amani Bates team and LeBron was there in attendance. And a that security guard, a, zoo. a security guard did not allow LeBron's youngest son to come through and, and go to the bench to join LeBron to watch the game because he didn't know who he was. And it was the most awkward conversation I've seen a security guard have with someone saying, hey, that's uh, that's LeBron's other child. And the security guard was like, I am so sorry. Please go. <laughs> Please don't get me need fired, any sir. foods or drink. <laughs> I will help you out. And it was just, it was crazy to witness. But uh, yeah, those, those events are are not so hopefully I'll uh, be able to take in some more with you, Chad, but I don't know, Aaron, anything about football? This um, week? I did have a couple kids uh, text me back that I wanted to put what they had to say out there. Um, even though I didn't get it out on the boards. Um, but I thought I'd at least put this out there. Uh, Caleb Schmitz. He got back to me um, a couple days ago. And uh, he said that, uh, he loved the way that the guys supported each other and you could see the brotherhood from the field. So he was there in attendance uh, for those who were wondering, I, I know I put it out there that he was there, um, but that was all uh, just some hearsay until I actually caught wind from him himself. Right. Um, and the other one who got back to me was uh, Jonah Lytle who said he wasn't able to make it to the spring game, but he said from what he saw, the atmosphere was great and he can't wait to join it. So um you know, there's some words of encouragement from some guys who were both there and not there and just what they had to say about the program. Okay. Pete, uh, Pete Thamel had a really awesome article about uh, Des Ritter today. I saw. I haven't definitely had a chance worth to read. read. Yeah, definitely worth a read. I, you know, it kind of just really puts uh, life into um, perspective on top of, you know, everything that happens on the football field. Obviously, uh, Des and his uh, girl just gave – to a to a beautiful baby girl uh, Leighton Elizabeth so uh, congratulations to Des on that but yeah let's I mean, not bury the lead go ahead Let, let's talk about the real meat of that article okay let's talk about it for all the crap Desmond Ritter has taken right as as the quarterback of this team and and that that waned that that the end of last year yep when when things really started to click yep if UC wins 12 games next year, yes, Desmond Ritter is going to leave Cincinnati top five all time in wins in college football. College football history. History. He is the current, he is the active He's the current leader, leader, leader yeah. in wins, which is amazing. And also, Chad, you got you got to touch on the fact that yes, sure, Pete Thamel has has a connection with Luke Fickle, but there is a crazy amount of positive publicity for Cincinnati. And of then course. There's crazy amount of positive publicity for Desmond Ritter getting drafted 
very high next season. They, they said a couple things he needs to work on and that they've been really working on that. But you have a very good chance, this being, you know, obviously draft week, a very good chance a, a year from, to, from this Thursday hearing Desmond Ritter's name possibly in the first round, which is just crazy to think about when it comes to a Cincinnati Bearcat quarterback. So what's even top- crazier, though, is you might see numerous Cincinnati people drafted in the first round. But yeah, say it again, Chad. Top, say it again. Top five potentially in college football history in wins. I think I think we've got the uh, the title of the podcast. <laughs> top five potentially. Which I mean, you look at that's the, a long title. You're going to have to do better. Than that. <laughs> you look at There's the a reason I write the titles and you don't. <laughs> I know. But but you look at the schedule. It's very it's very possible. To hit that 12 win peak, which would be awesome. Yeah. And, and I hope it happens for for not only Des, but if that happens, this this football team is looking at quite what, what was it? And I don't have it in front of me. If they get to 12, he could be fourth. Yeah, I'd have to look it up right now. But I think yeah. he needs to get to 10 to be fifth. 10 or 11 to be fifth. Yeah. That's crazy. That's it's crazy. Insane. It's insane. Yes. There's no way he doesn't make the the Ring of Honor, right? I mean, they're gonna like you know they're, they they if he's a if he's an All American then then it's then it's a lock done and done. Um, yeah. But how many guys but, from this this team alone are they gonna have to add to the Ring of Honor? <laughs> we've been saying that about 2009 forever, and Mickens still isn't up there. Marty's not up there. Pike's not up there. Like, did they quit on the, the on the ring because they ran out of room on the? <laughs> they need to get back to work. There's a bunch of names that need to be on the ring. Uh, but it's just like, you know, for a guy that the, the first time I heard that that was who Zach Taylor was zeroing in on. And I was like, Zach knows they don't throw the ball at St. X in Louisville, right? Like they run 80% of the time, but Zach Taylor saw something. That, that nobody else other than Eastern Kentucky saw. So, and it's it's worked out pretty well. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. For all parties. Yeah. yeah here. So, Ritter's 30 wins puts him in position to be one of the five winningest starting quarterbacks in the history of the sport. Kellen Moore at 50-3 and three and Colt McCoy at 45-8 and eight are out of reach. But he could realistically pass Peyton Manning or perhaps catch David Green and end up immortalized in elite company. So imagine ha- like being able to say that the rest of your <laughs> life. I won more games in college than Peyton Manning. Like Peyton Manning. Ten, I mean, a 10-win season for the Bearcats, and Desmond Ritter has won more games than Peyton Manning. And that is with a nine-game season due to COVID. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just... He's, he should be at... 33 he he, sh- he should possibly have a chance to come in second yeah i don't know if he could hit that 50 and three unless they went undefeated so i Ooh. mean would, wouldn't that be a doggone story right there how about or if he or if he used the covid year and came back to run it back for one more no, no shot <laughs> no shot at all absolutely no, no, no shot <laughs> But no, that's a. It was an awesome article. Uh, the publicity is going to just continue to to rise more and more yes. as the off season progresses because this is a it's a special team. And as uh, 
coverage during spring practice has really shown and and what Brady Collins says bi-weekly on this podcast, it's a special group of players. So I I can't wait to continue to see where they progress to and what is to come as the summer hits and then of course as next season comes around. But Aaron on to the mailbag. I think it's time for the BBP mailbag. So I do want to apologize up front that I didn't get the mailbag in until uh, a couple hours later than I normally do on uh, days that we record. Uh, we were trying to lock in a, a special guest for tonight. Um, I do have confirmation that he should be with us two weeks from tonight. Okay. So we'll see about that. But uh, we'll wait to drop the name on on who it might be joining us until we have some. It'd uh, be a great guest. Some short up confirmation on that, but great basketball point of view came in with a great recruiting class, a great recruiting class. Let's leave it at that. How about that? So can somebody give me a tally on how many times Brent has said very and great in this podcast? I'm not doing that. I will do the timestamps, but I am not doing that. (laughs) I'd say 40. You're setting the over on over under at 39.5 okay. and you're taking the How about over. this? Extremely amazing <laughs> recruiting <laughs> class. You won't say that again the whole podcast. Extremely amazing. That sounds I'll terrible try. together. I'll try my best. Sounds terrible. I, you know. Hey, we're working here. So Outsta- very- try outstanding. Phenomenal. I feel like I've used phenomenal Ph- way too much. Phenomenal. Pick That's up phenomenal, pick up a thesaurus, man. Brent. Come on. Jay-Z lived with one in his pocket. <laughs> Believe me, I I use the I use the thesaurus a lot. Wow, say that ten times. I use the the. You th- couldn't say it one time. Thesaurus. Maybe you should just stick to very great. <laughs> I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass on that. Wow, that was tough for me to say. I'm gonna pass. Come on. All right. So Bearcat Law JD says, uh, "What does the basketball non-conference schedule look like? How many games does the new staff have to schedule versus games already set from the previous regimes?" I know we kind of touched on that a little bit last week. That we basically have no idea. The, we know they've got the event in Kansas City. We know they've got the Crosstown shootout. Normally, we would know more, but with the way COVID screwed up everything, I have no idea like yeah. what, what that looks like. And I would guess right now, the staff doesn't either. Well, and Because they're, we- they're playing shorthanded. They're playing from behind. They're trying to catch up. They'll get everything scheduled. Don't worry. But... Uh, right now, I, that is not, uh, something that I have had time to dig into one, because there's a million other things to, to, to focus on right now. And two, because I don't think they've had really time to focus on it. So, uh, I would, I I would, I I mean, I guess I think there's a a game at Northern that's probably going to have to happen this year, given that contract. Right. Um, I don't, outside of that, like, it, it, you know, that I'm not sure. Naturally, this leads us right into our next question, though, from Bearcat92, who says, how much contact is the new staff allowed to have with the team, and is there any chance for a foreign trip this summer for some extra practices? So things are shut down right now. Um, they will open back up in June when the team returns for summer classes. So right now there's no contact. Um, so that's, that's why like on the strength coach, you got a little time on that. Um, but right now there's, you know, there's the, everybody's back home. Uh, everybody's decompressing from a very difficult year. 
and that'll all start to pick back up once we get right around the beginning of June, uh, middle like second week of June, I think, is when when that'll start picking back up, which will be fun because that's right about the time that summer football camps start happening, basketball workouts kind of get back flowing. You know, I, I think people look at the. I said this on the on the BCJ pod. People look at the summer as a slow time, and for most outlets that cover UC, it is. For Bearcat Journal, absolutely not. Like it started this week with me being on the road doing AAU stuff, and and it continues all the way through until uh, the end of the AAU season in July, and we get ready to report to Camp Higher Ground. Well. I'll be surprised if there are any foreign trips for any college basketball well, teams. Yeah, I don't um this year is the is year five. So UC is eligible to take one. You're allowed to take one every four years. No, 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 no. They they went to Canada. Uh in 2018-19. Right? No. They did no, they, they went, went to, to the I think yeah, this is I think this is a, the year that they're allowed to to take it. I think it was the year before that. I think it was it was 1819 they went to Canada and played that that little three game. Oh yeah, you might be right. Cuz that was like Kane, Justin, Jaron. So next summer they would be allowed to take right. one again. Right. So Yeah, that's my but, bad. But I'd be surprised if if they allowed anyone. Well, to take the trips with with the COVID and yeah, I mean restrictions and that stuff. Yeah. So, well, especially with traveling abroad anywhere, yeah, right? Um, but the the question I wanted to follow up with is, do you know if the rules have changed as far as COVID protocols go for when they do get back? Have they laxed at all, or is it still going to be just as strict as it was? I, I don't know yet. Okay, I would assume they're doing whatever they can now to make sure they get everybody vaccinated but I don't know specifically like what, what that specific plan is. Like, I didn't know if they had to be like, I don't think they were, I don't think they were, I don't think they were able to get it done before everybody left, but I would imagine like between now and once they get back or like, as soon as they get back, I would imagine they're doing everything they can um, to, to get that out of the way. I, but I don't know that for sure. So Tucker Cat asked, uh, any thoughts on who the favorites are to round out the coaching staff? I know we already touched on that some. Anything no, right. I'm not giving <laughs> you guys any any hints. Quit Chad, trying Chad, to they pick want, me. They want a, a literal list of like 100 names, and one of them are the <laughs> person. Where's the hot board for coaches three through whatever? <laughs> not existing. No, <laughs> you're not. You're not tricking me into like. Well, he won't answer it on the board. Maybe go ahead and answer it on the mailbag in the podcast. <laughs> well, hey, we'll tease that. Maybe you do. Listen to the whole thing. We'll see. But no. Next question, Aaron. Thank uh, you, Bear- Tucker Cat. Bearcat Jerry, again, we already touched on this. Uh, will we see AJ McGinnis soon? Uh, I think we gave you about all we know about AJ McGinnis as far as that goes. Um, and I don't even think he's in the portal yet. No, he's not. So that complicates things. Uh, Demonk55, what are the top five basketball guys since Chad has been here who could play on the football team? That's 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 a fun one. I mean, Coriante DeBerry could have been a, a, dude. A, a, a tackle, right? A left tackle. Right. Yeah. 
a right well, tackle. Would you have Yancey Gates at the other tackle book? No, because I just like Yancey wasn't a grinder. Like Yancey's not doing three, two and a half hour football practices on like a 90 degree August day. Nancy's going to be like, you can kiss my ass. I'm not doing this. <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. Um, man. Trey Scott. Think, yeah. Trey Scott could have been, a, I think, a really good, like, flex tight end type. Mm-hmm. Like a Josh Wiley, you know. And, and Trey played in high school, had some SEC right. interests. So, uh, Trey Scott. Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore had Big 12 interests as a safety. So... But I don't, like, I don't know. Trevor also didn't seem like the guy that that was this, was uh, was bought in. At this point, is he wishing he had gone football? Maybe. I mean, I, if he's still on track to get his, his education paid for, so. How about um, this one, Chad? Zach Tobler. Where would Tobes have played, though? Tight end? I, I just remember he had he was at least talked about as being a good football player. Long snapper. <laughs> Jeez. And then I, I, I saw someone mention Rashad Bishop. Yeah, I would I think I would go more guards. Like I think Deion Dixon could have been a guy that played some some college football, like a, you know, a defensive back. Somebody our, like that. Is this our special guest? I'm going to try to get an answer. He might be asleep. It's 930. He, he wakes up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. I don't think he's going to answer. Oh. No. No. I'm going to hang up because I don't want to wake him up. Right. Right. I was I was trying to call Tobler. <laughs> I, I assumed as much. Justin, Jennifer, Deontay Vaughn, two other ones. Um, what would you, I mean, running back, running would, back. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. running back for both. Yeah, maybe. Um, no receivers. Hmm. I was thinking, I was just thinking that like uh, before the knee injury, I think cash could have been a heck of like a, like a slot receiver, Michael young type. Um, what about Titus Rubles? I could see Titus as like a deep, like a pass rusher, defensive yeah. end, like get oh, yeah. after it. Titus was a guy that everybody was scared to death of. What What about Mikey Saunders as like a Geo Bernard type running back? You know, I think Mike is taller than people realize. He's, I mean, he's about six, six foot right around. But I'm saying everybody like running backs are generally in that five eight to five eleven range. I think Mike's a little taller than people. I could see Mike is more of like a possession slot receiver. Or or Tari Eason as a tight end? Nah. Nah, no? I don't see that. No. Nah. I, I don't I don't like I don't see Tari as wanting to like lay out over the middle and get smoked by somebody. <laughs> okay. Um Steve Toyloy, defensive tackle. There's a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've so I've said this story many times. Whoever that point guard was for Notre Dame when they played Notre Dame at US Bank Arena, and there was like they squared up at midcourt. Right. I thought Toyloy was going to murder that kid. What was the walk? I thought they were going to have to call an, an ambulance. Well, who was the walk on from last year? 
that was just John Coase. John yes. Coase. I could Coase could be like a linebacker. A linebacker? Or, yeah. 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 Coase could be a linebacker. Coase could be Ryan. Coase could be Ryan Royer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he could be. Coase could definitely, definitely be Ryan Royer. Jaron Cumberland, defensive end. Or running back. Put it. He, I'm just saying he would always put his head down and he just hit you. He was 6'5", 230 pounds. Marshawn Lynch style. Marshawn Lynch wasn't a 6'5", bro. He wasn't 6'5", it's true. All right. I think we spent I, I, enough. Yeah. You, got, you got more? I, I mean, you can make an argument for literally all of them. But I think the no, biggest... You can't. No, Chad, you can't. Chad, were you... Were you, uh, you weren't there with... You didn't start yet when uh, Connor Barwin was... Oh, yeah. I was around the, the, at Connor's last two years. Well, there you go. There's your number one answer. <laughs> the guy who actually did it. The guy who actually hey, played in the NFL. The guy that guarded Greg Oden and uh, who was that monster, Aaron Gray, and uh, the, the, the guy at, at Georgetown. Like, he guarded some monsters, yeah. Barwin did. Was, was it Hibbert at Georgetown at that Yeah, time, Hibbert or? was at Georgetown. That's who it was. Jesus, Connor was that, that I always talk about this as like the um, the realization of the difference between football and basketball, because Connor Barwin on a football field is a monster. Right. 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 He's flexing like he looks like a giant on the football yep. field. And then you put him on the basketball court and he came up to dude's armpits. It's insane. <laughs> now they the couldn't move him. him guarding Greg Oden. Yeah, they Just... couldn't move him. Right. But he came up to his armpit. Yep. He was given up six inches in 25 years. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I kind of touched on uh, the recruiting side of things that I have so far. Uh, but Bearcat Nation 11 asked how it's been since taking over the recruiting side. I spent an entire Sunday texting and talking with all the kids. It was fantastic. A lot of fun. Um so I, I gave you the seeds that I have right now. Uh, there are lots of visits coming up, though, and as those visits uh, trickle out, I'm sure that I'll be getting some uh, some feedback from the guys who do make it to campus. Um, I'm sure Chad has some ideas that he wants to pick my brain on. We're working on some things, too, but bear in mind that these kids are kids, and trying to get them to answer back is proving a tall task. Uh, but why? Yeah, is- remember how excited he was, Brent? Yes. So, yes. so why is Kentucky still out recruiting us though? Is is the second part of that question? Because they're, the, they're in the SEC, exactly. And because they have Vince Morrow, and Vince has been doing this a long time, and he's very good at it. And I won't take any shots at why he's very good at it, but he is. That's where the truck stops there. Not to mention the fact that I mean, we we were there at practice, and you have a second team that could be a top three defense in this conference. So trying to find playing time currently. Is not going yeah. to be an easy thing to do. So, um, is the swing for the fences third assistant going to be the associate head coach? To me, swinging for the fences for one of the other positions doesn't really make sense. And that's from, I, I guess, Miller's seven or, or Mill E4S7. No, I think it's going to be a recruiting assistant. Like, that's what that means in college basketball speak, swinging for the fences. Going and getting getting a guy that can recruit at the highest level. I, I think from what we know, Mike Roberts will be the number two. You know, he spent eight years as the number two for for West Miller at Greensboro. 
you know, that, that that's going to be his role. I would have to imagine. Yeah. What I mean by swinging for the fences is, is going and getting a guy that has experience at the P five level, multiple stops, multiple years, knows how to make it happen. That's what I mean in swinging for the fences. It doesn't mean necessarily Roy Williams on his bench. Yeah, Yeah, come on, (laughs) come on. What that means is you're going to get a guy that can get you some dudes to play here. That's swinging for the fences. And at the end of the day, that's what we need. That's why I call it swinging for the fences. I wouldn't consider getting an associate head coach swinging for the fences. If, if you, if you follow my drift, like I, I don't, Wes Miller looks like he can coach. Mike Roberts looks like from what we know of him, he can coach. You don't need another tactician on the bench. You too need a guy teams. to go get some dudes. Too many. Go teams. get some dudes. Well, and if, if the list for CJ Frederick tells you anything, the staff is not going to be afraid to go and get those dudes. So they're going to swing. They're going to swing. They're going to swing. Now they might find out how difficult it is trying to compete against the likes of Kentucky, Gonzaga, North Carolina, and UCLA and take a different approach over the, (laughs) over the years. But, but, but they're not going to back down. At least they're not walking out of the gym when they see him there. (laughs) That's not how, I mean, God, people, (laughs) you guys take, take some of this stuff. And go so far left. With I didn't. It. I didn't say anything. All right. So the yes, you did. No, I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, UC Merck has a couple questions, and he always has some fun ones for us. So if we, I don't, I don't think we're gonna have time to quickly go through the football schedule because a, the football schedule is not out yet, and b, uh, yeah, it is. I've got it already. It's out. The full schedule. Yep. Date by date. Oh yeah, they're already selling tickets. That was a couple months ago. Um, I don't know if you want to go through every week though. Um, decide if the opposing team will score 0 to 10, 11 to 28, or 29 plus, or take the easier route, which is probably what we're going to do, and predict how many points in total the defense will give up this year. Who scores more than 10? I think that's the easy way to do it. Like, yeah, that's the easy way to do this. Uh, Notre Dame and Indiana, I I think, potentially can score more than 10. Yeah. I think UCF, I I think Malzahn's going to be really good there. I think UCF can potentially score more than 10. Those are the offense. Those are the three teams I think will score more than 10. Uh, I'm sure there might be one or two more that get to like 13 or 14. So I'll put, you know, at Tulane. Yeah. Seven in the category of under 10. What was the other bracket? Uh, 11 to 28. The rest in that. The rest in that. Yeah. (laughs) Who's scoring more than four touchdowns on this team? Well, I've got, I've got Miami, Miami ten, Murray State six, IU seventeen. He prepared. He prepared. IU seventeen, Notre Dame twenty four, Temple six, Navy ten, Tulane thirteen, Tulsa three, USF ten, SMU ten, ECU seventeen. That. That trip there always scares me. I think Tulane's going to surprise some people this year. I think they're going to be in the top half of the uh, the conference. Yeah, you had the that whole AAC wrap up. I did. 
yeah, I think the I think Tulane's going to be they're going to surprise some people this year, and uh, I think they're going to finish in the top half of the conference. He was supposed to do it for basketball, but UC started three and seven, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I really forgot about that. I tell you what, well, there was and there was COVID and like people being done for. Well, I mean, months that's at a like time. That, that's like Brandon's supposed to have done the Bearcat bounce every week since it started, and there have been a couple times that he's just like, I'm taking two months off. <laughs> So well, man, that, that takes about <laughs> well, it takes about nine hours to write. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe he's the only one who's taking a break of uh on the podcast. Who? True. True. Has taken correct. a break from what? The recording with us. From recording what? The podcast. I've taken a break. Didn't you take one week? I thought you took one week. No, I've never missed a podcast. All right. No, we took a week off at some point in time. Whose fault was it? It was one of you two. No, no, we never took a week off. I, I guarantee you. I was, I was in every. I've been in every state. I feel like at this point, recording. <laughs> You've been around the country. Literally, literally. Internet issues everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and the internet issues are always the same. Not here. Here, it's been good at my new home. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Are you are you actually like? Do you live at like Cincinnati Bell Technology Services now? Or? Uh, it, well, it, it used to be the GE building. So put yeah, me no, as close sense. to a tower as possible. You <laughs> see, um, Mark does have a second question. Uh, he wants to know uh, what will be less points given up by men's basketball regular and po- or what will be less points given up by men's basketball regular and postseason or yards by the football defense in the regular season in 12 games. Look, here's my problem with Merck. <laughs> he has a belief that I'm smarter than I am. He's very creative with his questions. He is, but he also has a belief that I, that I have the ability to solve his equations. At least they're not, I do out- not. they're not outlandish comparisons though. When you think I about it, I didn't say they were outlandish. I said I wasn't smart enough to do it. I was trying to give you an out. I don't need an out. I said what I said. You know, I say what I say. Like, I'll say it with my chest. I'm not smart enough to answer that question, Merck. <laughs> Brent did his homework. You already know Brent. <laughs> He's ready I right mean, here. I mean, do we want to Do we want to know it? <laughs> yes. He asked the damn question. Answer it. I'm not going to answer it. Okay. I'm not smart enough. So, I mean, the entire season – we had to go back to the 2018-2019 season to kind of have a bit of a, you know, exact type thing. Let's see here. Points allowed was 2,194 points allowed. 2,194. So 13 games. Let's see here. That's in hoops? Yep. 2,194 divided by 13. You're talking 170 yards per game, pretty much. On average, if they play 13 games for football. That's just 13 games. So I think the easy answer here is... I think that uh, there will be more points given up by the basketball team. No? Yes. Yes. Well, what's the other number? What yards the by yards the football given defense? up by the football team. Yeah. So twelve games. I, it's like one hundred and eighty. Let me let me pull it up again. An average Pretty of one hundred and seventy. Merck, Merck hit us with a crazy, 
<laughs> question here. Okay, so 2,194, he's saying 12 games, so that's 182.8 yards per game. That doesn't seem likely, holding teams to 182.8 yards a game. That's right. that's a lot of, like, that's ridiculous. Well, the, I think the difference that you're going to see this year, though, as opposed to last year's team for football, is when the second team comes out, they're still really, really good. Yeah, I mean, you're not – well, the problem has been when the third – that's still the problem has been when the third team comes out. Not the second team. When they give up the stinker touchdown at, in the yeah, second the, quarter. Yeah, the, the second team has still been pretty freaking awesome uh, when yeah. they have been on the field. The third team has struggled a little bit. Uh, and I think we are going to probably see quite a bit of the, the third team in, like, fourth quarters of games well, this I can't season. wait to see Ryan Royer on the actual field <laughs> in, in regulation. It would be awesome to see. He has a chance to elevate himself, and you you don't see this very often. He has a chance to elevate himself to like basketball walk on status, like Tobler. Yeah, right. Like when he comes on the field, people people lose cheer their mind. Yeah, because they know Royer's going to do something Royer. crazy Royer. because he's Royer. a lunatic. Rudy. But I can't. Rudy. I can't Royer. wait until Royer graduates so we can get him on this podcast. The first time he punches someone in the helmet, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's not practice anymore, so you got to be a little bit more careful. <laughs> Well, that and like you know, those are guys that he's he's fighting, literally fighting with every day. Yeah, he doesn't have the animosity maybe towards some of the guys that he doesn't know, the way that he knows his own teammates. So I don't think he'll fight as much on Saturdays uh, as you see him do. Uh, Barrett Bear is a big Ryan Royer fan. Yeah, I was, yeah, he he got fired up in there. Yeah, I love that. Could have fired that's- up. That's the mailbag. Thank you for your submissions. Uh, next week, I'll try and have him out there a little bit earlier because we already know our guest is booked as he is every week. So again, thank you for your submissions. Every other week. Every, every other week. Every other week. Yeah. Bi-weekly. And of course, hopefully two weeks from now, we will have the other guests and we're just going to keep things rolling here on the BBP. But uh, yeah, mailbag was fun. Always bring those questions. Aaron, great job on that one again. Any uh, closing remarks from you guys before we wrap this one up? Just excited to see what uh what Wes Miller has coming out in the next couple of days because he's like a magician with rabbits out of hats. <laughs> Chad, I'm sure you're you're pretty excited for what Thursday. I'm sure you guys will touch a little bit on the the upcoming draft and. Uh, uh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get Dave to podcast on Thursday because he's locked <laughs> in. Dave's going to be locked in Thursday. Does he have a watch party with Dan? <laughs> they might. They might Zoom. The draft, like you know, they might zoom the draft. Although I think Dan has some work responsibilities that Dave doesn't have. Yeah, probably. D- Dan's going to be a little bit busy, but uh, Heart- I, I, there might be a week off of the BCJ podcast because I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get Dave to podcast on Thursday. And I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see what happens over these next couple of days. I don't know if we're going to have enough to do a Wednesday show. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll maybe we'll get Tobes to to guest on Wednesday. Uh, here's what I think you should do: is I don't take, care. That's fine. <laughs> do it do it Friday night and live, like do it live while he's watching the draft, so you can get his reactions on the day two. He's pick. not going to do that. Like he's dialed in on the like. There's no. This is a guy that used to do like legit. Seven like round, seven round yeah. mock drafts. Like he wants to see every pick. 
There is no way he already is like, you know, running the BCJ Twitter account and like looking at other stuff as we do the podcast every week. I have zero chance of keeping him like it, like engaged. I heard you guys if the struggling. NFL draft is on. I, I listened. Well, I heard, I heard you guys struggling with, with we were struggling because we were trying to get content up. Right. Like that's a tough line to walk where it's like, okay, uh, now you are it for five minutes. Your turn. I do my thing. Yeah. Like that's, that, yeah, that wasn't an easy – we're going to have to talk to Wes about, like, news coming out during podcasts. <laughs> Listen, these are the blocks. Do not let it fall. Right. These blocks. You can send like, out your, your blinking eyes at, right. like, 745. We'll Which talk awesome. about what's we'll happening hypothetically. Is awesome. Right. No, like, we start at 730 on, on Thursdays generally. So nothing between 730 and 9 on Thursdays, Wes. Like – but this show, I can do like I can just hit mute, and you guys understand what that means, and you can do the podcast between the two of you. Yeah, there's but when there's yeah, but Dave's running the main Bearcat Journal account, and I'm running the site. Yeah, like there's work to be done, and trying to do it while you're talking about something completely different <laughs> is not like it's it, it. There's a lot of skill involved in that. That is a skill based. Um, uh, like challenge, and I we were not very good at it. Well, Clearly, as, when, as last Thursday showed, we were not very good at it. I don't when know. I'm, I'm always talking about something different. <laughs> when when Aaron's internet used to go out pretty pretty badly, there were a couple times I had to go on yeah. a, of a little bit of a diatribe and just see where well, it I was still things. here though. Right, right, but but one time I think you were muted, and I was like, oh gosh, showtime! <laughs> the lights came on. I was like, let's talk about. This for ten minutes. Let's talk about sex, baby. So Let's talk about. So you it was like a normal me. podcast for you, Brian. <laughs> right? Oh, where, stop. where I'm trying to find an opening anywhere oh, to stop. get in. The Mel Kiper logging off. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. Aaron, 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 Aaron. Come on, please, how please. About, how about how about the other? Did you did you catch this on on over the weekend? Uh, the the Mel and and Dari show. No, they had on Mo Egger as a guest, and Mel Kiper was asking Mo Egger football questions. <laughs> and what was Mo saying? Well, I mean, you know, he's asking about the Bengals. Mo had an yeah. answer, but it was just the 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 vision of Mel Kiper asking Mo Egger football. Like that's awesome. That's. That's when you know you made it. When I'm you, gonna when ask you, you these questions that I already know the answer to. Right, right. Probably a little bit better than you know the answer. To. Right, right. <laughs> That's the beauty of like when you know in this business, like I, I, I did pretty good. Is when you're on with Mel Kiper and he's asking you football questions. Was that I like made a, it, Mom? I made it. I was gonna say, was that like a humility day for him? Like, yeah, no, it's an ego. That's an ego day. Oh. When you're when you're the guest on Mel Kiper's show and Mel yeah. is asking you the questions, that's not humility. That's yeah. like that's, that's let's go. I'm the fucking shit. So, <laughs> but you also need to remember Mel Kiper eats pumpkin pie for breakfast. For every breakfast morning. every day. Every has day. never I written a know. check. Has I never written a check. Where you get pumpkin pie every day. Right. Your wife? Hey, hey, Aaron, he has never written a check. He does not eat cheese on his pizza. What kind of monster then, is this? And then he buys he buys DVDs for old shows 
and watches them at their originally this one's scheduled wild. time. This is wild. That's a wild one. So, like, if the, show, if the show was originally Wednesday at 9 o'clock, he has the DVD where he can watch the entire show, and he only will watch one episode Wednesday at 9 o'clock. That's just strange. That is insane. Strange dude. That's don't some, oh, his pizza. I do want to I do want to go back to the pumpkin pie thing and clarify. I don't mean his wife should be making it. That's a complete disservice to herself if she is, because she should be making him make his own damn pumpkin pie if he's eating right. pumpkin pie every day. Like but, I want to know, is it one slice so that, yeah. that one pie lasts like you're only making one pumpkin pie like I bet it's a six every slicer. six days? He's not going eight on it. He's going he's going six. At- he's going six. Yeah, I would say I I I I think you would go six. I think you would go six. <laughs> you can't go eight there. You gotta go six. You like the pumpkin pie. Certain you're pumpkin not gonna- pie crusts. Have the you're outside. Not short yourself. You're not gonna short yourself with the eight. You definitely. The value is with the six. But so what about you do the six? Where does the whipped cream come in, though? Where, do, where, where does the whipped cream come in, Mel? I mean, that's a you got to have the can, right? Like, just every, if you're doing it every day, you got to have the can. But I'm not a pumpkin pie guy, I'm a pumpkin cake guy. My grandma, my whole life, made a pumpkin cake for the holidays, like Thanksgiving and Christmas and my birthday, with a, with a cream cheese frosting. Pumpkin cake, cream cheese frosting over pumpkin pie. I'm a pumpkin bomb. roll guy. Sounds bomb. Oh, my grandma's pumpkin cake is... Pumpkin we, roll. We have the recipe. Uh, I don't have it. My cousin does. But maybe one day, Brent, I will, I will get you a slice. The, the pumpkin cake is the, like the dessert you have at the family thing. And right. then if there's any left over, you cut yourself a large chunk. I'll be taking this and bring home. it home. Yeah. Yes, I will. I will be eating this also tomorrow. Not Mel Kuyper. Won't be eating it for breakfast. <laughs> Won't be eating it for breakfast. Less value in pumpkin cake for breakfast. <laughs> pumpkin cake. The way you use pumpkin cake properly, pumpkin cake comes after dessert okay. or comes after dinner. You have it for dessert. More than likely. That's the make value it of pumpkin cake. There we go. And that's Mel Kuyper. Thank you, Mel, for joining the pod. <laughs> I mean, I do have great hair, so you do. It's flowing, locks, luscious. It's great. It's great. Very good. Very good. Well, next, it's next better. Time. It's better. Better neither you two chumps. Next time oh, Mel right. comes out, I, I just expect Brent, 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 Brent. <laughs> Todd, 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 Todd. You're talking too much, Brent. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a uh, more more on Thursday, Mel. Can't wait to watch you there. But uh, anything else here? I. I'm, I'm hoping I'm another done. big week, obviously. I just uh, can't wait the fact that we dropped that there was going to be a special guest on the show, and I can put in the uh, the timestamps that Mel Kuyper joined the show for the last five Oh, minutes. wow. That's a good point. To, to speak about his pumpkin pie love. <laughs> Ho- hopefully. Hopefully it's a monster of a week for the Bearcats. There we go. I like that. I like that. did there. Yeah. Hopefully. 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 <laughs> and I'm not going to even add anything more onto it. Yet again, that was a great BBP here on BearcatJournal.com for my good friends, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Thank you very much. Have a great week. See you.